We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place exclusive interviews with players coaches and team executives streaming live and always available on demand stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the odyssey app during this political season we're hearing a lot of talk about criminal justice reform and who is or isn't behind bars but we don't talk about much what happens to the people while they are in prison and how their lives might be turned around or upside down while they're inside this weekend we're going to take a closer look at one aspect higher education yes you heard right hello i'm political editor craig delamore and this is at issue When people think of educational programs for people who are incarcerated, I expect the common thought that pops into most minds is inmates getting their high school equivalency diplomas. But education in prison is a vital issue, and it's getting more attention these days. And my guest this weekend can educate us about what's going on in the field and in the prisons and why you should care. They are both members of the Illinois Coalition for Higher Education in Prison. Uh, Sharon Varallo is the executive director of the Augustana Prison Education Program, uh, which launched in the uh, fall uh, semester of 2021. Uh, Augustana College is located in Rock Island uh, in the Quad Cities area. And uh, she uh, is a member of the uh, steering committee for uh, ILCHEP. Uh, Carl Williams is also with us. He uh, mentors... uh, youth at the Precious Blood Ministry of Reconciliation and the Chicago Torture Justice Center, as well as in the prisons. And he is a member of that steering committee as well. He's also a business owner. We are conducting this chat via Zoom, and I thank both of you for joining me. Uh, Sharon Varallo, I suspect that there's a lot we don't know about education behind bars. <laughs> People focus on the punishment side of incarceration a lot, but there's supposed to be rehabilitation. Presumably education is a part of it. So tell us about the work that you do. I'm the director of the Augustana Prison Education Program, which is a BA degree granting program at East Moline Correctional Center. And as you rightly mentioned in the introduction, we had um, a wonderful start last year where we went from, you know, we went from having non-credit bearing book club sorts of activities to a full-on bachelor's degree granting full-time college program. Um, It is uh, 
an, the absolute challenge and joy of my life and of reinvigorating a lot of faculty at Augustana College. The students are thriving and there's so many benefits, so many benefits to college and prison. So I'm delighted to be asked uh, to join you here in this conversation. And as I mentioned in the outset, uh, we think of high school diplomas, how big a part of the uh, of the picture when we're talking about the prison system is higher ed. It used to be a much larger part of um, of prison, of the possibility of, of life inside prison decades ago and is about to we are about to step in 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 the state and in the country into another world again where higher ed is welcomed. And so um, so so at, at the moment we're you're having a conversation where we're on the cusp of a massive change with the Second Chance Pell Act opening up to incarcerated learners. And we're there both in the state and the country because post-secondary education of all kinds works. It is beneficial to communities. It's not just for the individual. It is, you know, and Republicans and Democrats alike, this is one of the very few bipartisan issues where everybody has learned a terrible lesson over the last few decades when higher ed in prison was really just, you know, dropped you know, it's almost, you know, o over the, over the, the country. Um, and that was a mistake. It was a bipartisan mistake and it's a bipartisan, you know, re re-energizing um, higher ed in prison across the country. And so, um, so for benefits economically, benefits to families, communities, public safety, benefits to correctional officer staff, really these human benefits to students who have gifts and skills that we need. So um, I will try not to talk your entire half hour. <laughs> that's, that's okay, that's okay, but- Carl has much to add. Yeah, 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 let, let me, uh, you're, you're the one who can speak from the experience of seeing the issue from both sides. Uh, right. You're working with young people now, but can you take us uh, back to what, how you got onto this path? Um, and, and, and just real quick before I begin, before I begin, and adding to what Sharon said, and, and, and those benefits of those higher education, one of the things that I wanted to highlight and add is, is that when you think about higher education, most people don't connect it to also mental health and also um, connected to community as well. Um, for, for those who are inside and coming back in, into society, how they're integrating back into the community, how to force them the ability to be able to help and grow and develop that community as well. So um, um, how I got involved, um, for me, being a person who um, was incarcerated and who's now formerly incarcerated, of course, um, education was important to me. Um, and being in, inside of the, the prison system, uh, with no education, um, it, it limits your ability to be able to develop in a lot of areas of your life. So when given access to it, uh, it, it, it allows you to have an overall view of things that are that you can do and that and that are uh, that you are capable of doing as well. Like for instance, inside a prison, when the programs were removed, we had an opportunity to be able to grow and develop a, a program. We're working in, with the youth inside of prison 
um, giving them a different perspective and helping them to be able to change their mind to productive and positive thinking. And along with that came protection of correctional officers, more importantly, protection of themselves, um, 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 also allowing them to be better fathers, also allowing them um, um, other um, growth and developments in many areas of their lives in, in, in order to reach back out into society to help be able to shape those views as well. So for me personally, uh, it was powerful from that perspective because um, um, my higher education and access to it allowed me the opportunity to take a variety of courses. And that's one of the things that was that, that um, working with ILCHAP, the Illinois Coalition for Higher Education in Prisons um, um, stands for. So upon me being there, um, getting access to that higher education and then being released, <clears throat> excuse me, um, back into society, it allowed me to be a part of other programs to further that education, to work in the community with um, youth and teaching them a skill, helping them develop um, um, entrepreneurs, entrepreneurial skills in the community and regenerating that dollar in the community, as well as building out the community so it can be more productive and um, have more access to um, better opportunities. And can you talk a little bit about how that has helped your life up to this point? I mean, and you've gone in two directions. One, you became active in helping other people, as you just said. And I'm interested in what sparked that, what made you want to reach back. And then you also, in the entrepreneurship, you yourself are an entrepreneur. Yes. So, um, and being an entrepreneur, I, I went to um, the, this organization, is the Fire Adventures will help you with entrepreneurship when it comes to business building. And they run you through their program um, of, of learning how to be able to build your own business and be an entrepreneur. And um, they support you in that role in every step of the way. Um, one of the things that I wanted to be able to highlight with, with ILCHAP, the importance and the aspect of the education when it comes to those incarcerated is that it's offering you, it, it's like an offering that helps you and assists you uh, in the redevelopment of your mind. This is while you're in there and then upon your release. So um, what we at ILCHAP uh, wanted to do was be able to help bring forth that abundance uh, when it comes to that richness of high, having a higher education. So me being an example of that, um, uh, it has allowed me to be able to grow in areas that I wouldn't have necessarily had access to because that education brought me a great awareness, but also allowed me to, to position myself to, to want to do better. So there was a recorrecting and a redirecting of the mind, which gave me a different energy to move forward with investing in me, investing in my community, and those that I come into contact with every day. So it allowed me to be able to work with young people and teaching them a skill so they'll have the ability to be able to pass this along from generations. Um, my father, who was a carpenter, who was a carpenter, his father was a carpenter. So it's it's that was passed on to me through gener um, um, through from generation to generation. And that's how we wanted to be able to approach the opportunity for higher education in prison, because some of these prisoners are the first to graduate in their own families. So 
um, I hear so many testimonies about these prisoners being able to reach out to their children who didn't have access to higher education are now um, um, inspired that their father who was in prison had an opportunity for higher education and they want to follow in those footsteps which which make for a better community and make for a um, better family building. Before we get too far away from it, uh, what's your business? Oh, so my business is Royal Man Solutions. So um, what I do is I build custom furniture, um, bookcases, tables, desks, you name it, um, just for your everyday living spaces. And um, what I imagine in my business is that um, in building furniture that um, you could imagine in seeing one of your kids or, grand, or grandchildren pulling in a book off of one of my bookshelves for generations to come. And that's a great, great vision. Sharon Varallo, um, the coalition's only been around since 2016. So l l let's talk about the, the kinds of concerns uh, that gave rise to the creation of this group. What was going on in the prison system? In fact, frankly, what's going on in the prison system now that raises the need for this kind of uh, coalition? Absolutely. Well, um, first of all, in, in, in years past in particular, um, it was difficult sometimes when, when you're having, when people are having trouble very often or when they're suffering, they think that, that, it, that they're alone. And when there are, and so bringing anybody together around, you know, problem solving is often super helpful. That's true for the higher end prison community as well. So um, there are statewide sorts of guidelines, right, for higher ed and prison programs. But in years past, um, it was very difficult to know what they were. There would be different issues in different prisons. Um, sometimes some people were, you know, told they couldn't bring in a higher ed and prison program or books would be removed, like at Education Justice Project um, and Danville Correctional Center. So there, were, there would be different issues of access, of, you know, just ability to bring programming at all. And so bringing people together was a way to problem solve. And just days ago, um, Illinois Department of Corrections put out a new um, administrative directive on a comprehensive college education and prison policy. And that is an attempt to make steps forward to ensure consistency. So what we would find is that, you know, one person would be told something in one higher ed and prison program, part of the state and somebody else and another power. And we just didn't know, like, how can we move forward and offer this healthy, amazing, you know, like do what we can do to offer post-secondary programs that have such benefits um, when nobody in the system was talking to one another. And so right now the state has, um, is making steps forward to try to have this consistency across, across prison programs. So there are 14, the coalition of higher ed and prison really is, um, um, there, there are 14 higher ed partners um, who partner with uh, Illinois Department of Corrections in various ways. I think that there's four um, degree granting programs and hopefully there will be more and more and more and more because the state is now, now officially welcoming it and officially having guidelines to help 
correctional officer staff know what to do, right? Because it's not like prison staff have been trained about how to handle colleges coming to you and saying we would like to start a program. So there's more guidelines in place, and that's just days old. That's You're a wonderful listening. stuff. Oh, sorry, <laughs> my apologies. You're listening to WBBM News Radio's At Issue. I'm Craig Delamore. We're talking about education in prison. My guests are Sharon Varallo, director of the Augustana Prison Education Program, and Carl Williams, uh, mentor with the Illinois Coalition for Higher Education in Prison. And I want to talk a little bit about that consistency and, and what is going on in the prison system. Um, higher education programs, I, I gather, they, as you said, they're, they're, some places have degree programs, some don't. So this is not a universal thing. Carl, how, how much of a concern is that, that depending upon where you're sent, the, operate, you know, the opportunities could be different? I mean, I don't know what the opportunities were like where you were, but they might be different, either better or worse elsewhere. I agree. Um, so uh, it's an important thing to be able to have um, um, higher education and to make it universal throughout every institution. The, 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 the importance of that is it's, there's a greater benefit when it comes to its increments of, 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 rest, of restoration to, different, to, to individuals, to communities, to families, to the state as well as to this country overall. Um, when I was in Stateville, there, the, the, the programs of higher education were removed. And then um, you had uh, organ different organizations, PNAP and um, other universities starting to bring back higher education. And ILCHAP, what they have been is a huge voice for being able to make sure that that higher education is spread across um, all of the institutions making sure that every individual have access to um, education, higher education, uh, whatever institution that they may be in. Uh, one of the things that I want to also really just point out is, is that you know, there's a literal economic value to investing um, for, for every dollar spent on higher education in prison, four to five dollars are saved. Um, 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 this impacts family positively. More importantly, this increases employment opportunities and create opportunities for individuals and communities um, transformation. So me being an example of higher education, the impact that it has had on me and providing me with opportunities, that's something that needs to be recognized and identified if we're talking about um, um, having a better community, a more inclusive in, uh, society for, 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 for a better future for uh, myself, for my kids and my kids' kids' future. Um, I think that higher education um, inside of prison um, has to be the topic of that conversation um, as well. Because of those men and women who are being released, you know, they are uh, mothers, they are fathers as well. So they're also going to be grand grandparents as well. They it affords them the ability to be able to teach their um, grandchildren as well as work within the community to continue to uh, implement those ideas of higher education and the importance of it and how it um, continues to build community as well as um, help this society be a beautiful and more better uh, functioning society. Sharon Varallo, how supportive have prison officials been? in putting these programs in place uh, and, and, and have you been able to find the volunteers 
that, oh. that, that you need for the, for the programs? Faculty are lining up to teach. I have more faculty who want to teach than I have spaces available. And prison officials, I, I have to say, like we, we, we are entirely different cultures. And so in many ways, higher education cultures and Department of Corrections cultures are opposite. So that a higher ed seems, so, so we've had our challenges. You know, we, we definitely have had our challenges, but they're also with working with the Illinois you know, coalition, we have a convening coming up that, you know, the um, in Springfield where, you know, IDOC officials are meeting with the, the movers and shakers of higher ed and prison in, in Illinois. Um, there is now, I feel like we're, like I said, on the cusp of real change. And, um, but the challenges have been enormous, and, um, but we're working on it. If you are going to see an expansion in the kind of educational offerings that are there, that means there has to be an ex an expansion of the money. Uh, yes. And I'm not sure whether that's at the college level and and if there are colleges participating all over the state uh, or that you need money from the legislature. But how is that going? You know what? Money has not been our problem, which is really strange. And this is not student tuition. There's not a dime of Augustana students tuition going to this. There are foundations, proudly conservative and liberal foundations that want to invest in this because higher ed in prison works. It's better for public safety. It's better for health. It's better for children, family stability, communities. It's a no-brainer. There's a culture shift that has to come um, in order to allow for this expansion. And it, I do see it happening. Things like this directive are, are really important steps. Um, and the Illinois Coalition of Higher and Prison working to problem solve. So there was a legislative task force this summer where um, where, you know, Representative Carol Ammons and, and a number of other, you know, folks who were interested in the good of the state brought parties together to find out what are the problems we need to solve. And, and so incrementally, there's change being made. It's not fast enough for those who are suffering with no purposeful thing to do inside, you know, uh, any carceral system. But it's healthier for everyone. Everybody knows it. Um, even victims of crimes, right? They mostly say they don't, they're not interested. More people are interested in stopping the problems. Like, let's not let this happen again. Higher ed works better than shaming and putting human beings in cages and then letting them out and expecting them to be better. That does nothing. It hurts. Uh, but I wonder if there still has to be some convincing of major segments of the popular of the yes. general population uh, who still see prison as where you put people you don't want near you anymore and just get them out of the way and spending more money on those people. I mean, I suspect. I suspect that there are still people, and Carl, I don't know if you, you run into this every once in a while, who just aren't all that anxious to spend more money on people who are behind bars. That is very true. And, and, and 
but what they fail to realize is, is that probably um, 90 some percent of those people are going to be released one day. So would you rather, would you rather have them um, released with no education um, or would you rather have them released with an education to go on to be productive and add to a society um, to be able to help it grow and develop? So um, um, when you're thinking about it from that perspective, if your if your energy for if if society's energy is hey, um, we want to be able to afford everyone who is in 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 this world the opportunity for education, then why not those in prison? they're still a part of this world they're still a part of this society and as i said before they will be released yeah so um um it's important to be able to give them access to the same um educational abilities that you will want for your children so if, if we're talking about preventing and fighting crime if we're talking about preventing and fighting poverty, if we're talking about uh, mental health issues, then you have to do the, make the connection and associate this with higher education, allowing people the ability to be able to uh, grow and develop uh, through the access of higher education. I know Sherry wanted to say something to add on to it, so I want to add on to it. 100% everything you said, plus this notion of embedded in a belief that, you know, prison is for other people, is for bad people, is for putting them away, is the erroneous belief that people who go to prison are not like me in some way. They're not like us. They're different. That is absolutely verifiably wrong. There are, and it's not just a question of, the, first, there are innocent people in prison. We know that, right? Um, but there's also people who made terrible mistakes or who had addictions or who had depression and who did things that, you know what, Brian Stevenson very famously, you know, said that, and many others that we, that we should not be judged by the, the one worst action, right? Or, but also that this is a money-based system that we have that if you're, so lawyer Brian Stevenson, you know, says like that, that if you're, the system treats you better if you're guilty and rich than if you're innocent and poor. And that is true. And Illinois Coalition for Higher in Prison is like is also invested in this notion of it's not okay to have a justice system that that treats you better if you have the money, right? To hire a lawyer. And that's partly why I'm here. You know, um, my daughter was arrested and charged with a violent crime she did not commit, but to which she was coerced to confess. And the only reason that my daughter is not in prison is because her father and I hired a lawyer. You can't know that and then just say, but it's okay for other people who didn't have the means to hire a lawyer. She'd be in prison for six to 30 years. Mm. Everybody knew she was innocent. Everybody. There is deep trouble in our system in all kinds of ways. But this is what I do. Like this is, you know, this is, you know, each of us has a part to play in helping um, move us out of this terrible place that we've been in where the United States of America leads all developed countries and how many young people we lock up and how many adults we lock up and how many women we've locked. We lock up people who are us, right? It's not us that. Americans are not worse than other citizens of other nations. Why are we throwing our own people away? 
And so there's, there's a whole host of reasons why um, this belief, even if people hold it, it'll come back to bite them because we have a system where if you get into prison, good luck it now. That's very true. And that's why us, that's why at EOCHAP, we advocate for greater access when it comes to higher education. I'm telling you that um, there has been so much miseducation about prisoners. There has been so much miseducation and fear um, um, placed into society about prison um, that, you know, it, it clearly there needs to be um, a, a, a correction. There's a, there's, we all go hand in hand when it comes to wanting the same thing, because we all say that, hey, we want to represent the same values when it comes to having um, access, treating people right, loving people, and, and, and just doing right in, in, in society overall. Well, in order to have that big kumbaya, um, um, it has to be a, a changing of the mind. There has to be a changing of the heart, but more important, a restoration of what is right. And a lot of that, bringing it full circle, comes back to higher education, not just with me as a prisoner, but them as well on the other side who's in society, who's looking at me as being a prisoner. I've never been a prisoner. I'm going to let that be the final word. Thank you very, very much. That was Carl Williams and also Sharon Varallo with the Illinois Coalition for Higher Education in Prison. Thank you both for spending the time with me. To our listeners, if you would like a copy of this program or just to hear it again, please visit our website, wbbmnewsradio.com. There's a link on the homepage. You can also find our podcast on odyssey.com. We'll be back next week with another edition of that issue, and I hope you'll be listening until then. I'm Craig Delamore, 105.9 WBBM. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 